Welcome to ACNL in Action, brought to you by the Association of California Nurse Leaders. I'm your host, Charlene Platon. Our guest today is Lee Rubin, a keynote speaker who focuses on leading high-performing teams. While attending Penn State in college, Lee was captain of the Penn State football team, and since then he's worked as a human resources professional at Fortune 500 companies like Merrill Lynch and Johnson & Johnson. Lee is a frequent speaker and panelist at corporations, conferences, and schools throughout the country. Welcome, Lee. It's so great to have you today. Charlene, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, you have such a great background, and we're so honored to have you on the show. And we just want to dive right in. So, Sure, sure. Yeah, we'd just love to first hear a little bit about your journey, starting from your time as captain of the Penn State football team to now as a keynote speaker. Sure. So was a former athlete, former student athlete, had a great experience playing uh, college football at, at a pretty, pretty well-known university, um, was captain of that team, had a great experience, um, however, did not play professionally. I did what most student athletes do after college sports. I got a real job in <laughs> <laughs> um, human resources. I spent 15 years as an HR professional. Um, helping build corporate teams with some great companies, Fortune 100 companies, Fortune 500 companies, um, left the recruiting world to do the speaking thing. Um, throughout my time as a, as a corporate recruiter, I had spoken here and there, um, you know, awards events and graduation ceremonies, that type of thing, and uh, always had that entrepreneurial bug and, and thought I was good enough to to give it a shot so took the leap and for the last 15 years i've been a full-time keynote speaker um, focusing on teamwork and leadership so extracting um, experiences and, and insights from my experience as an athlete and as a former hr professional and just trying to help organizations build extraordinary teams Yes, it's such an amazing journey. And and I know that in addition to being a keynote speaker, you and your wife have done quite a bit for mentoring minority youth and also investing in local high schools. And I just want to know what inspired you to take that on as well. Yeah, I think along my path, you, you, exposure is important, right? You You see other people, you meet other people, you see their journey, their experience. And I think throughout that journey, it was just clear that there were so many people who either didn't have the support or didn't have the access to, to opportunities that I did. And I think it's hard to see that and, and, and not want to help. Um, so my wife and I, uh, years ago, um, well, it's, it's been a while, <laughs> um, we started a, a nonprofit, uh, 501c3. Um, to help individuals who just needed a push, right? Or just needed some support or just needed access or just needed a few dollars for college applications or to visit a school. Um, and, and what we've learned over that time, it's amazing what just a little help can can do to really change someone's life and and and, and help them get to the next level, so to speak. Yeah, that's fantastic. And and did you have an, any specific experience too, where someone helped you during, you know, a crucial time in your career that might Absolute, have led yeah, to that? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Um, was very fortunate, had a strong family unit. So that was, that was intact, but coaches and, you know, athletic coaches and teachers and advisors and just, just individuals in my neighborhood, again, who offered that support and encouragement, um, to help just, just push me along the way. And, and then when you see that someone doesn't have that, um, it, it creates a, a desire to help and to be that person for someone else. Yes, it makes such a big difference to have a mentor, to have a leader and guide. And it's great to see that you're able to uh, take that role for for others as well. So thank you so much for that work that you do. Yeah, I, it's it's fulfilling. It's so <laughs> you're welcome. Um, but it's one of those things that that's just gratifying just by itself. Right. You, you don't do it for accolades. You don't do it for acknowledgement. Um, helping people, it, it's it's rewarding. Yes. And I, you also know a lot about helping others through the teams that you've been on. You have a lot of experience with transforming teams in particular. And, you know, from your experiences, transforming teams and also working with students, what similarities do you see between the two, you know, when helping both teams and students reach their potential? Yeah, that's that's a great question. So um, fitting is the name of our organization. It's called One Blue Village. Right. And, and, and it's pulled partially from the adage, it takes a village to raise a child. And, and, and that really speaks to what I talk about as it relates to teamwork is, is it takes multiple people to do something bigger than one individual could do by themselves. Right. And so that's that's sort of my foundational philosophy when I'm speaking to teams. The reason a team exists is because that the challenge or the opportunity is too big for one person to handle by themselves, right? And so we built this village, right? We, we built the village and encouraged people to join the village who are also interested in helping young people live out their dreams, live out their, their especially their academic aspirations. So it's it's the same thing, right? one is an insignificant number for greatness, right? We need we need help, we need assistance, we need to work together to get this done. And whether it's building a corporation, an athletic team, or building a, a network or a village to help young people, it's the, the concepts are all the same. Yes, absolutely. And we'll talk a little bit more about this too, but have there been any um, kind of ways that you really see the ability to help teams and, and students um, reach that potential? Are there really um, some some key similarities you see between the two and beyond that? Because I think um, I think that you might you might see the ability and drive to help one another. But what what other things do you do you notice between the two? Yeah, one, one of the critical things is to be able to see the same thing, to have a common goal. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. to, to, to work together towards one thing, one target, one one shared end or shared vision, because if you've got different people, well, again, the team is multiple people. And if you've got those multiple people working in different directions and moving in different places, you know, it's, it's kind of like the analogy of the band or the orchestra. Right. We, we, we've got to start with the same sheet of music. <laughs> right. right. If, if we're playing multiple songs and going in different directions at the same time, um, the, the 
the advantage of having multiple people is lost because we're not moving in the same direction. And right. so, again, whether it's helping young people or, or a basketball team or, you know, a nonprofit organization or a corporation, it, we, we've got to start by being on the same page and, and having a common goal that we're all in this to do this together, because, again, none of us could do it by ourselves. Yes. And and I think that this this um, notion of having a common goal, having this core kind of value mission it's so you would think it's so straightforward right but it's not <laughs> it's not i think it's something that's often forgotten about and i think that that can be seen a lot when it comes to leadership and absolutely so, yeah and and i'm just thinking when it comes to this thought of having this common goal how can leaders especially leaders in healthcare how can we really encourage this mindset well let, let, let me let me backtrack a little bit because yeah. it's mm-hmm. interesting so the 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 presentation that I give on extraordinary teams, I've actually been asked to share that at multiple marriage workshops. Oh, wow. Interesting. Right? It's mm-hmm. because a marriage, a family is a team and the concepts, the principles apply across the board. Right. And and so even if there's only two people, right, they've got to be on the same page. Right. Not about every detail of everything. But, but there's got to be a shared vision, a shared goal where we're working together to do something bigger than any either of us could do by ourselves. And, and so, again, whether it's a family sports team or the nursing industry, um, <laughs> it's the same thing. Like we, we all have to come together because there's something that we all want to do together that none of us could do alone. And in, in the nursing world, um, I would hope that the ultimate goal, the common goal, the shared vision is the care and well-being of those that we serve, right? Um, Because at any point, if anyone steps away from that or pulls away from that or goes in their own direction, we're not able to give the best care that we can possibly give, whether it's face-to-face in person or behind the scenes, whether it's analysis or or data or technology or, or whatever it is, everybody's got to be working towards doing the best service, the best product, so to speak, for the customer, which is the individual who needs care. Yes. And and I do want to also reiterate um, how you mentioned that a team could be really two people, you know, not just in a marriage, but even in a mentorship, even in a classroom, uh, even with uh, just one leader to one direct report, it's still a team of two. Yeah. And yeah, it's uh, it's really crucial, just like you mentioned, to have that common goal. Because, I mean, if if those two people are on different pages about what they're pursuing or what the goal is, it's hard to imagine how you could move forward from that or if there's any confusion about what that common goal is. Absolutely. Yeah. Since we're talking to a group in, in, in California, right? Um the 405 North, right? You can go full <laughs> speed and work really hard. You know, if one person's going north and one person's going south, um, we're, we're not going to arrive at the same place. And mm-hmm. right, which which leads to another key component is communication. You know, yes. one of the biggest mistakes in, in teams and, and organizations is we assume that what I want is the same thing that you want or the way the direction I think we should go 
of course you think it's the the same thing because I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, and, And so open and honest communication is critical because we've got to cut through any and all assumptions um, that could really derail us, you know, because you have people with great intentions. But if, again, if we're not on the same page, moving in the same direction, we're, we're going to have a mess. Yeah. And, and I do want to go back to your comparison too, for any uh, residents in California who have been on the 405, you know, that (laughs) you cannot go on the South and the North and be in the same direction. Well, let me, let me, let me correct what I said earlier (laughs) or or, or modify it. Um, You rarely go fast in either direction. Yes. Oh yeah. That is a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. LA, LA traffic. Um, (laughs) <laughs> it's another, another level another mm-hmm. conversation yeah yeah yes but but definitely the the same principle applies it's it's really hard to go fast in either direction and and being on the same page can really make a difference Absolutely. and yes and and when you talk about open communication it, it that is essential and crucial for healthcare in so many different ways you know between leaders and staff between staff and patients and then between you know leaders and patients as well uh, but often I feel that, you know, even with myself being in the healthcare industry for the, for the time I've been in the industry, I feel that communication isn't always discussed so openly and, you know, communication types of techniques. But do you know what what really works for having open communication from your from your um, experience? Yeah, well, I know what doesn't work. <laughs> and, that's, and that's assumptions. Right. And, you know, I mentioned right. earlier. Um, it. It's critical to make time to discuss those critical issues, right? It, it one of the things that I say very frequently is extraordinary teams don't happen by accident, right? It, it takes very intentional, very uh, proactive behavior to get us to a place where things that shouldn't derail us don't derail us, right? And and one of those things is communication. To, to assume that you think the way I think, to assume that you're coming from the same perspective as I'm coming from, to, to assume you have the same lexicon and vocabulary that I do um, is an assumption that we shouldn't make. Um, as, as basic and as, as nitty gritty as, wait, do we, do we understand the same words the same way? Do they mean the same thing to us, right? Because especially uh, in most industries, there's this whole vernacular of acronyms and abbreviations. And I think you know what I'm talking about, but you may not. And, you know, those those mistakes can be critical and can be very detrimental. Um, so carving out time to to go through things that we may assume, but really need to be discussed and, to, and, and make sure we're on the same page. Yes, that's crucial. That's definitely crucial. And in healthcare, I feel that it's so easy to make that assumption. Uh, there's different reasons for that. I feel that the the healthcare industry doesn't always invite questions, or you know, doesn't always encourage open communication, or uh, doesn't always encourage that vulnerability. Because it does take, I think, a level of vulnerability there as well. It, it, it does. And, and what needs to be kept in mind is that. I am not as important and my vulnerabilities are not as important as providing the best care to the people we're trying to serve, 
right? right. It's, 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 it's a sacrifice that I'm willing to make, right? Maybe I don't understand and I'm willing to, to maybe come across as, as not as sharp as you may think I am um, for the sake of making sure that we're on the same page and we're clear uh, so, so that, again, we can work together properly and give the best care to our clients. So, so I, I often go back to my football days, right? And so um, I'll keep it really, really simple. No, no in-depth, deep football stuff, but I'm on the defense, right? So there's offense and defense. I played defense. So I was trying to, I was part of the, t- the, the group to help prevent the other team from scoring touchdowns, right? So our job was to stop them. I'm not sure what your your football IQ is, but I hope that 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 helps a little bit. Yes. And mm-hmm. and, and so we we we're in certain coverages or schemes, right? Based on the play and and how far they have to go to get either a touchdown or first down. And so there's 11 people on this defense and we all have to be in sync and playing the same scheme because if two people are not in the same scheme, there's a gap or there's a, a break in coverage that can be exploited by the offense. And, and so again, we don't have time, we, we don't have the luxury rather of assuming that we're in the same scheme or the same coverage. It requires very, very um, explicit communication, right? Whether it's verbal, whether we're saying it to each other, or whether we're using some type of signal or symbol to make sure that we're in the same coverage. And one of the things that I learned when we're in very loud stadiums and we can't hear each other, um, I may give a teammate a signal and and think that he's he's got it. Um, but the really good teams, that person, the receiver, gives the signal back, that mm. feedback loop to say, I got it. Here's what I here's what I heard. And we're on the same page. <laughs> yes. And, and and so that feedback loop, it sounds it sounds redundant. It sounds remedial. It sounds very basic. Um, but it will if done properly, it will help prevent gaps or breaks or breakdowns that can ultimately impact negatively the people we're trying to serve. So uh, mm-hmm. a, a little football, a little football story. I hope that made sense and the analogy um, worked. But but yeah, it's 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 really critical that we're very fundamental and very basic in the things that we communicate. Yes, absolutely. And I love that comparison because more than just communicating the message, it's really just understanding that the person receiving the message really understood it in the same way. Absolutely. And I mean, it could be that that teach back. We often talk about teach back in healthcare from the standpoint of patients, actually, but not as much between staff. But I think it's just as crucial from what you shared. Yeah, Mm -hmm. agree 100 percent, which means that listening skills may be more important than how well we articulate information. Right. And, And we understand that that needs to be clear and concise and consistent. But we also have to be great listeners, um, active listeners, where we're engaged and not distracted. And we're really trying to understand what our teammates are saying. Yeah. And that can be really challenging in healthcare when there's so many things going on. There might be, you know, a situation happening on the floor or whatever. There might be a million things on on someone's mind. Um, but the listening just to that one person and that in that one moment, yeah, um, it, it is crucial. 
It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's all the noise. It's the emotions. It's, it's the, the pressure. Um, yeah. Which I think, you know, from a sports perspective and having played, you know, at a stadium that now holds 107,000 people, right. Wow. There's a lot of noise. There's TV cameras, there's the pressure and the nervousness, right. Um, and, and what athletes tend to, to be really good at is focusing and eliminating the noise. Right. And, and so yeah. whatever profession you're in, whatever industry you're in, you've got to become adept, not not just at doing your job technically, but being able to do the job and focus despite all the noise. Yeah, that's a great analogy. I think that uh, being able to focus despite the noise or being able to focus on that one communication, that one person, that one thing that needs to happen is such a great um, consideration. And uh, it's just as important on the field as it is in healthcare from a day-to-day standpoint. Anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. Again, back, even mm-hmm. back with the family, right? It's, it's, it's. There's a lot going on. Am I focused? Do mm-hmm. I do? Does the other person feel like they've gotten undivided attention? Um, because when they don't, the, the, there's interruptions in the communication. Yeah, that's so true. Um, with your spouse, you know, just having that presence, listening to them actively. It's a it's a uh, definitely skill that's transferable and so important in all these different situations with with all these different teams. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And speaking of teams, too, I know that uh, building any team is challenging and nurses, especially especially in the last few years, have had a a number of significant challenges, just like shortages of staff, um, burnout, high turnover. How can leaders really face these challenges uh, and maintain a cohesive team? Yeah, it's been tough. Um, the last few years have been have been really tough. I, I think there's a couple of things that leaders can do to help. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a big challenge. So I don't want to simplify it too much because there's all kinds of reasons and all kinds of contributions to why it's been tough. But but I, but I care, can share some best practices, things that that can help us. Um, the first thing we've got to do is take care of the people that we have. Right. And self-care is critical. You know, I, I believe it's impossible to pour. From an empty bucket, from an empty pitcher. Right. You can't give what you don't have and encouraging and trying to make provisions for self-care is critical. Right. That you you got to take care of the people that you have. You've got to make sure that they feel appreciated, that they feel valued and they feel heard and finding little ways. Right. To, to, to whether it's it's time off or or just understanding different logistical challenges. Um, but but making sure that with our current team, we understand how that they understand how much they are appreciated, valued and heard it's a phrase that I use constantly um, because team members disengage when they don't mm-hmm. feel appreciated, valued and heard. I, I think the other thing we've got to do is, is keep people connected to their why or help them reconnect to their why, why they got into this bi- this business, this field in the first place. Um, and it's to help people, it's to serve other people. And sometimes that, that can be tough and it can be thankless and it can be not as as financially rewarding as, as mm-hmm. other things. Right. But 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 keep them connected to why they 
they do what they do and why they got into the business in the first place. Um, and and so here's here's my HR uh, <laughs> experience talking. Um, we've got to be very objective in looking at the culture in which our team exists. And, and I say that because too many organizations try to attract and recruit new people to help with the shortages. But, but the thing that's, that's really important is if we don't properly evaluate the culture and make sure it's one that's inclusive and supportive, um, we're going to create a revolving door where 10 people come in and 10 or more leave. <laughs> mm -hmm. right? and, and that retention is the issue, not just recruitment. So my caution is don't just get into a recruitment cycle um, without properly e evaluating the culture, the environment in which, in, in which we're inviting people to be a part of. Right. And, and, and so that's really critical is making sure, OK, why would people want to be a part of this team and why would people want to remain a part of this team? You know, are we treating them properly? Are we rewarding them the best that we can? Is it inclusive? Do, do people feel like there's a sense of ownership amongst the team? Because if not, especially in a tough industry like this, um, it's going to it's going to be very hard to retain individuals. Yes, absolutely agree. And you mentioned a lot of great um, key points there. And the first one was about looking at that self-care, looking at, in a way, being kind of what we were talking about earlier, being vulnerable so that you could recognize the needs of others as well as yourself and be able to actually honor those needs. And um, and as a leader, kind of role model that so that your team members can also be able to take care of themselves during these difficult, challenging times. Um, and then you know, and then being able to um, to have that be part of this culture. I think that's also crucial. And I think that um, what you mentioned, too, with the culture is so important, because if you don't have a good grasp of the culture and who who might fit within that, it really it kind of goes with that common goal, that common mission. It kind of you might miss the boat and might not be able to create that cohesive team without all those key things in mind. Absolutely. Yep. Um, that's a great recap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, th th thank you for being an active listener. But yeah, th th those those things are critical. And they're some of the, the, the major issues that that hinder teams from from being nearly competent to being, you know, a high performing team or what I call an extraordinary team. Some of those things get lost. Um, one one thought came to me while you were we're sharing um i think often leaders feel that there's this either spoken or unspoken pressure to know everything yes right? like mm -hmm. you've got to have all the answers and you know my experience suggests that people want to work on on teams and with leaders who care even if I don't know all the answers and I don't have them readily in front of me right up front, um, I, I think that can be forgiven or understood by team members, right? No one has all the answers. So so to, to present yourself as someone who does um, can create some undue pressure, um, but people wanna feel like 
there's a, there's a level of concern that I am valued as a part of this team, and that they might not have the answer now, but they'll get it for me, or they'll 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 give me what they think, and and and, and circle back and and help me find those answers. So, so I guess what I'm saying is, I don't I, I think the health of the relationship is far more important than access or being a wealth of information right you know right people people want guidance people want you know mentorship in terms of help getting to the next level and growth and and, and being the best that they can be but they want to do it within an environment with humans with other people that are connected to them and genuinely care about their success Yes, absolutely. And and that really ties ties nicely to what you mentioned before with that same core mission. I, I think when the leaders are on board with with wanting to support and um, really nurture and grow their team, it can really go both ways quite nicely and, and really lend to that retention of of a high performing team. Absolutely. Agree 100 percent. Yes. And uh, I, there's so much more we could talk about. I, I can't believe we're already close to the end of our time together. But uh, are there any final thoughts or comments that you want to share with the group, you know, just in relation to anything that we've mentioned or maybe other things that we haven't touched upon? We've covered quite a bit in a little bit of time. Um, just just final thoughts is, is a reminder of why the team exists in the first place, because I think understanding that um has has quite a few implications that that we can all draw draw from the team exists because there's a challenge or an opportunity that's too big for one person to handle alone and i think when we under when we embrace the fact that that we need each other that there's a level of interdependence um i think when we when we get to that point that we understand I can't be successful unless you're successful. It changes mm. the nature of our relationship. It changes how we interact with each other. You're no longer just someone else who's out there. You're no longer just someone who can help me get done what's important to me. No, I need you. And so it it, it, it helps build healthier, stronger relationships. Yes, the, the building of those relationships are so important. And also that level of authenticity to be able to connect in that way and to have that deeper connection with the people that you work with and um, and in in um, connecting with that with that common ground that you're that you both exist at in this space in healthcare. Absolutely. Absolutely. This has been a pleasure. I, I, I'm, I, uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity to chat with you. Yes, we are so grateful to talk with you, Lee. We have so much more that we could talk with you. In the, <laughs> and so we hope that you come back in the future and uh, talk with us again, but I'd love to. I'd love to. Yeah, but thank you so much for your insights, and we really appreciate you being here today. Thank you. Have have a wonderful day. And our guest today was Lee Rubin, a seasoned keynote speaker who focuses on leading high performing teams. You can learn more about him at leerubinspeaks.com. And we'd love to hear your feedback. Email us at socialmedia at acnl.org and connect with us on LinkedIn and Facebook at ACNL Nurse. And as always, if you like the show, please remember to rate, review, and share. ACNL in Action is presented by the Association of California Nurse Leaders with new episodes on the first Friday of every month. To learn more about the show or ACNL in general, visit us at acnl.org. Thank you for listening.